turn to the book of Judges, chapter 4. And we're going to read quite a few verses. Hopefully you're able to just keep up. And I'm going to be reading out of the, out of, it's different translation called the Living Bible. So hopefully you're able to follow along. The book of Judges, chapter 1. If you have it, give me an oh yeah. If you don't have it, say wait up. Okay, we're waiting too long now. If you're like in Matthew, Mark, you're in the wrong direction. So is the beginning of the Bible. <laughs> okay, verse 1. It says, after Ehud's death, the people of Israel again sinned against the Lord. So the Lord let them be conquered by King Jabin of Hazor and Canaan. And the commander-in-chief of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harasheth Hilgum. And he had 900 iron chariots and made life unbearable for the Israelites for 20 years. But finally, they begged the Lord for help. Israel's leader at the time, the one who was responsible for bringing the people back to God, was Deborah, a prophetess and the wife of Lepidath. She held court at a place called now Deborah's palm tree between Raham and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites came to her to decide their disputes. And one day, she summoned Barak. Somebody say Barak or Barak, whatever you want. Who lived in Kadesh in the land of Napoli and said to him, The Lord God of Israel has commanded you to mobilize 10,000 men from the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulun and lead them to Mount Tabor to fight King Jabin's mighty army with all his chariots and under General, General Cicero's command. And the Lord says, I will draw them to the Kishon River and you will defeat them there. Look at his response. I will go, but only if you go with me. Now jump down to verse 14. Then Deborah said to Barak, now is the time for action. The Lord leads on. He has already delivered Sisera into your hands. Somebody shout now. Come on, you got to shout it. Now is the time for action. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you, Lord, for this time that we're able to gather together. I pray, God, that you would speak to us, minister to us, do something powerful in all of our lives. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody shouts. And everybody shouts. Give five people a high five and tell them, time for action. Somebody say, time for action. Come on, somebody say, time for action. Okay, if you had a long day at work or school, whatever, I'm going to help you wake up, amen? Just so you know, that's the type of preacher I am, so just, you got to just work with me. Can I hear an amen? Can I, oh yeah. Can I get a clap? Can I get something? All right, there we go. You know, when I was a little kid, you know, to me, the worst things in life when I was a kid is, you know, my tire blowing out you know nowadays kids don't ride bicycles right but when I was a kid back in the days you know your tire blowing out you know when I was a kid the worst thing in life was to have peanut butter and no jelly to have cereal or no milk come on somebody when I was a kid man the worst things in life dude was like getting the check bar check box no that the girl that she said, hey, do you like me? Yes or no? Checkbox. Yes. No. Right? There wasn't that DM, though. Come on, somebody. Nowadays, those are not the worst things in life. 
days are no, those are not the worst things in life. The worst things in life are now, put it up. Oh my God, these are the worst things in life. I don't got, man, I need Wi-Fi. I got no Wi-Fi. I got no signal. I got nothing. I got no Wi-Fi, right? Right? The next one. All of a sudden, man, you're stuck. It's a process. It's downloading. It's taking forever. You're trying to see a picture, right? You're trying to something, right? You're something. Or the last one, you're out of power. Oh, my God, isn't that the worst? When you're like, right? And some of you guys are right now, your guys are empty. You're on reserve power. You're at empty. And this is all you right here. You know, so that picture right there could even represent our spiritual life. It can represent our spiritual life. Meaning that, number one, that we're disconnected. Disconnected from God. Disconnected to the church. Disconnected. Right? It could also mean that we're stuck. Not going anywhere. Nothing's happening. You may be here physically, but you're not going anywhere. You know it. You're, you're living a mundane, routine, regular life. Nothing's taking place. And thirdly, you got no power. There's no spiritual power in your life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be that type of Christian. As a matter of fact, I refuse to be that type of Christian when I know that I know that I know that God has something for my life. And I believe there's many here tonight that you know that you know that God has something for you as well. That it might have been at a service like this or at a winter retreat, at a gang convention or at a revival, but you know that God spoke to you and God touched you and God revealed to you and let you know that, hey, I have something for your life is there anybody here that God wants to use in a powerful way and if that's you I want you to clap your hands you know you know that God has something for you and I believe there's people here tonight there's young people there's young adults there's families there's leaders that want to be used by God in an extraordinary way to be used by God in an extraordinary way, not ordinary, not regular, not normal, in an extraordinary way. Anybody want to be used by God in an extraordinary way? I mean in an extraordinary way where, man, your life counts, where you make a difference, where all of a sudden you're doing something bigger than yourself. That's awesome. In order for that to happen, you know what sometimes we're going to have to do? We're going to have to restart life. Restart. You know what I mean by restart? How many have their phones and then sometimes things are not acting right, right? Things are not going right. Apps are not working. Music's not working. Texting's not working. So sometimes they tell you, you know what you need to do? You need a restart. And sometimes in our Christian walk, that's what needs to happen. We need to restart. You know, and for the Israelites, that happened to them. All of a sudden, you know the whole story as far as Joseph had a dream. All of a sudden, his family went to Egypt. All of a sudden, there, the family grew, and it became a mighty nation. And then all of a sudden, it grew, but they became captives in slavery. But God heard their cry, and those were God's chosen people. And God sent Moses to deliver them, brought them out of Egypt, brought them into the promised land to give them what? A restart. A restart. 
gave them a restart in life. And some of you, God's given you a restart in life. You don't deserve it. You don't, you, uh, uh, you don't deserve it. You should have been locked up in jail. You should have lost your mind. Some of you should be dead right now. Some of you should be all messed up. But thank God, by the grace and the mercy of God, God gave you a, God gave you a, you don't deserve it. You didn't pay for it. You don't earn it. Nothing like that. But God gave you a, whoo, that's powerful. Everybody else gave up on you. Everybody else would have thrown you aside. Everybody else, your own family members, your own parents, your own mom gave up on you. But God gave you a restart. But then the Bible says, all of a sudden, the, the leadership passed on to Joshua. And they continue to conquer cities, conquer lands, entering the promised land. But then there was a generation after Joshua. And the Bible says that they did not know the Lord, nor the works or the wonders that God did. And all of a sudden, Israel fell back into captivity, back into slavery once again. Meaning they got reset back into her old ways. Have you ever fallen back into something that God delivered you from? Ooh, I'm preaching now. Have you ever fallen back into something that God delivered you? Homegirl, come on, somebody. You said, she devil, get away. I'm serving the Lord. I'm going to the UTC, all this stuff. And all of a sudden, you come back to the UTC, and then you just... Uh, well, you know, you know, God's doing a work in her life, Pastor. And, you know, I really think while I was there at the UTC, she hasn't been to church this whole year. And all of a sudden, you think. You've fallen back into the very thing, falling back into drugs, falling back into parties, falling back into drinking, falling back into smoking cigarettes, falling back into tattooing yourself. Oh, wait a I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm in the wrong city. I'm in the wrong place. You've fallen back into the very thing that God delivered you from. And the people of Israel found themselves reset back into bondage. After God delivered them, set them free, did a work in their life. I don't know about you, but I've seen people, man, God's done a work in their life, miracles. My God, the testimony. And then all of a sudden, after a few years, they find themselves back into the very thing that God delivered from. But Israel, Israel cried out. Matter of fact, the Bible says they begged God for one more chance. I don't know about you, but I thank God that I serve a God of another chance. I don't know who I'm preaching to. I don't know who this word is for, but I thank God that I serve a God not like man where the judge says you're done. Throw that book at him. It's over. He's going to state prison for the rest of your No, I thank God that I serve a God who's grace and merciful and has loving kindness and that when I cry out, even though I messed up and I know this was my fault, I know I shot myself in the foot, I know that I did this to myself. But God says, you know what? I'm still going to give you one. I'm still going to give you one. Your wife should have left you. She should have took the kids 
went to another city, went to another state, but thank God that God gave you. Your pastor should have sat you down. He should have kicked you out of the church. He should have said, you know what? The things that you posted on Facebook, I should kick you out. But thank God, God gave you one. Oh, you better clap your hands if you're here tonight and God gave you a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance. You better praise him. You better clap. You better shout. You better get excited because you serve a God. That gives you another chance. Woo. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful. I know I don't deserve to be up here. I know it. I've blown it so many times. I've blown it so many times, but I thank God. <laughs> he gives me another chance. So you know what God did? God raised up a leader. As a matter of fact, she was a woman. She was a gang girl. United Women's in Ministry. Her name was Deborah. And she was called, watch this, to restore. Ooh, I like that. Restore Israel back to God. When they tell you, you know what, your phone's messed up, it's done, it's over, you're right there on the phone, you take it to the Apple store, nothing we could do, the only thing that you can do is what? You got to restore it. You got to restore your phone. You got to get it back to the original settings. You got to get back to the basics of your Christianity. Oh, you ain't hearing me. You ain't hearing me. You, you got to get back to the fundamentals of prayer, of being faithful to church, of giving your tithes, of worshiping the Lord. Some of you, you, you became too sophisticated yeah, yeah, I said that. You become too civilized as a Christian. You need to get back. The Bible, I like what David says. David says this, restore unto me the joy. Oh, you better know your word. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Ooh, powerful. And, and, and here's the thing. The Bible says that God told Deborah to call somebody, to send forth a call by the man, by the by, by a man named Barak. Barak. Now this guy, he lived in a land called Kadesh. That land Kadesh in the Hebrew, it means a holy place. But he, that was the town that he lived in. But the overall town, you know how we have, like, counties, right? You have, like, a, you have the, the city, and then you have the county, right? So his, his town, his city, right, was Kadesh, which means a holy place. But the county, the land, Naphtali, it means wrestle or struggle. So what I'm trying to tell you is that even though Barak lived in a holy place, he was still living in a struggle. We're here at church, and we consider this what? A holy place, don't we? 
This is a holy place, man. We come to church worshiping the Lord. But I dare say that some of you are living in a struggle. Oh, can I keep it real? Can I keep it 100? Can, can I tell you that you may be here, and that's why Pastor Stevon had a, man, get, get, you guys got to shout a praise. You got you to do all this. And the reason why you're just right there just like, like a mummy, you can't really lift up your hands. You can't shout risen. You can't do none of that. It's because you're living in a, ooh, are you hearing me? You're here, holy place. You can feel the power and the presence of God. You can feel the anointing, but yet you yourself know. Maybe your wife don't know. Maybe your bestie don't know. Maybe your kids don't know. Maybe your pastor don't know. Maybe your leaders don't know. But you know and God knows that you're living in a struggle. To the point where you come to church. Yes, you're here. You may even have the t-shirt, but you can't even lift up your hands. You know, sometimes, sometimes even as Christians, is that what happens is that we get so used to our struggle that it has become normal to us, that we don't even know what it looks like to be free anymore. You don't even know what it looks like to be free because you've been living in the struggle for so long that you become immune to it. It's like normal. And you don't realize that that's not the way you're supposed to be living. You don't realize that the Bible says that he who the son says free is free indeed. And I came to declare to somebody from Northern Cal, I came to declare to somebody that's here tonight at Rise Up Revival, I came to tell somebody your struggle is over oh you better clap your hands you better praise his name I said your struggle is over I'm going to say it again until you get a hold of it I'm going to keep on preaching until it internalizes your struggle is over! Somebody shout and give God a radical praise! Oh! Oh! I want you to shake hands with three people and tell them your struggle's over. Tell them your struggle's over. Your struggle is over! You know what I love about God? You know what I love about God? That even though Barak was in a struggle, God still called him. That, that gets, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I get excited about that. Even though homeboy is still in a struggle, even though you're all jacked up. Come on, can I, can, I, can I tell you? Even though you're all messed up, come on, let's be real. You're all, man, you don't get, you, you're all jacked up, messed up. Your testimony's all messed up, but God still called you. Did you hear me? But God still called you. He still wants you. He still picked you. Even though he knows you're messed up, he knows you're in a struggle, he knows all that, but yet he still calls you. And the Bible says that Deborah called Barak. She summoned him. She said, come. And then I, I think one of the reasons that when she summoned Barak, something took place. Something happened because 
she saw something in Barak that maybe Barak couldn't see for himself. And he just needed help. He needed him just maybe another perspective, maybe just an encouraging word. He maybe he, he, he just needed some a, a leader, a, 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 a preacher just to tell him, hey, I know you're like this, but you can become this. And this is how. And, and you know what? Basically what she's doing, if I could stick with my analogy, she was giving Barak an update. An update. You know what an update is? An update is a new version of yourself. I like updates. I like uh, I, I like updates. I like when I get when I see Apple and all these places, like, hey, bam, here's a new update. I like I don't know why. I, I get all like excited. I watch all the their conferences that they do over here in San Francisco. They happen, they, sh they showcase all the new features, all the new software, all the new operating, all the new all these things. And I get excited when I see, hey, an update is coming. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I like, I, I don't know why. I, maybe that might be the, the reason why I like, I might like it is because of the fact that, hey, we're going into new territory. I'm leaving my old self, and I'm becoming the new man. It kind of reminds me of the scripture that, hey, in Christ all things are what, 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 passed away. What, what, what? And behold, all things become, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. So all of a sudden, Barak, when, she got, when he got connected with Deborah, Deborah began to tell him, hey, there's an update for your life, that you don't have to be in a struggle anymore, that there is a calling, there's an anointing, there's something about your life that God wants to use you, God wants to raise you up so that you can be and do all that God has called you to be. And I came to tell somebody here tonight, God wants to give you an update. You've been the version of your old self way too long. You're stuck in the 80s. It's time to get into 2016. You're stuck in operating system point one. You got to move. We're already at 12.3. You got to upgrade. You got to update. You got to keep on moving forward. Can I hear an amen? Come on, somebody shout update. Come on, somebody shout update. Look at your neighbor tell them, I don't date. I update. Barak's name means in the Hebrew, it means lightning. Lightning. Lightning represents potential and power that God has put inside you. He's put power inside you. He's put potential inside you. Some of you don't even realize the potential that you have. You don't even realize. I'm sure Brother Adam right here didn't realize when he was just running around the church that he had potential to do spoken word, to preach, to evangelize. He didn't even realize that, man, there's so much potential inside of me. Some of you don't even realize that God put so much gifts inside of you, spiritual gifts. You got gifts of administration, gifts of healing, gifts of hospitality. You got gifts of singing, gifts of preaching, gifts of leadership. I mean, the list could go on. God has put potential. And if every young person, if every young adult be, will begin to realize that, hey, wait a minute, I got potential. 
what that does to somebody? Are you, do you, you understand what I'm saying? You know what that does to somebody? That's why I like working with young people. I like working with young people because I like the fact that when I begin to tell them, hey, there's potential in you, all of a sudden their eyes light up. They're like, what? There's potential inside of me? All of a sudden they, they finally recognize, hey, somebody believes in me? Somebody sees something inside of me that maybe I can't see much. Maybe I, I can sing. What? I can sing? I'm an, I could preach. Well, I could be a leader. Well, I could help out being an actor. Well, I could I could be a part of the media. Well, well I, I I could be a part of the event. Well, man, there, there's somebody see something inside me that I might not see it myself. What? That's explosive. Are you hearing me? Barrett just needed help. He just needed help discovering his potential. That's all he needed. He just needed help to discover his potential. Are you hearing me? You know, uh, they made the announcement that we're getting ready to go to South Africa. Amen. I know that Heart of the Bay took a good group in the beginning of the year with a shotgun, powerful explosion. It was so awesome that you guys have an encore coming on up in December. Amen. And we want to do a tour. We want to hit all the cities in Victory Outreach, South Africa, and we're getting ready. But last year... We were in Europe, right? And we were at the European invasion. And we were staying at these um, hostels. There we go. Thank you. We are staying at these hostels, right? And I'm thinking I'm the leader, right? Like all these young people. Now, you know, when you're leading and then you're working with young people, you know, you think you're going to have some major problems. Like problems like, you know, guys and girls trying to hook up. Come on, let's be real. Right? People, guys getting in fights, right? I, I think I'm going to have some major problems like that. Like, man, they're not going to they're gonna be rebellious. They're not going to wake up in the morning for prayer. You know, they're going to have fights. Guys and girls are going to take off. And, you know, we're in Europe. They're going to go to Paris and just get married over there. You know, I'm, I'm not, you know, at the same time, I'm hoping for the best, but, you know, trying to prepare for the worst. And, you know, you know what the worst problem we had? Wasn't people trying to hook up? Wasn't people fighting? Wasn't people going all crazy? The worst problem everybody had, everybody complained about one thing, that there was no outlets. Like there was no power source. Man, dude, I mean, these, I mean, talk about a generation hooked for power. They're looking. Like right now, some of you came into the church looking. Oh, I see one right there. There's an outlet right there. Bam, look at that. Right? All of a sudden. And, and, and I tell you what, man, every room, there was just one outlet. Some rooms didn't have any. People were talking about the struggle is real. Struggle is real. They're going through changes. Some of you are like, come on, you, that's like, you need to go to a home for that. And the reason why everybody was struggling because they all knew that, man, I'm losing power on my phone. In order for to get power, I just got to plug in. And if I start plugging in, I'm going to charge up my phone. Bam, I got power again. That's the same thing when it comes to the things of God. You want to you know how you discover your potential? You want to know how you become great for God? You want to know how you be, do extraordinary things for God? Just plug into God. If you ever start plugging in, if you plug into God the same way you plug your phone every day, 
at work, at school, in your car, at home, in the kitchen, in the restroom. If you start if you start plugging in, somebody shall plug in. If you start plugging in, oh, devil, watch out, because all of a sudden there will be a power generation that would rise up, and oh, all of a sudden we're going to have some world shakers, history makers, city takers rise up. If you ever plug into God, somebody shall plug in. Somebody shall plug in. Deborah told Barak, he said, Barak, I want you to get an army. Mobilize an army. Get an army. An army ready for battle. To continue with my analogy, basically what she was telling him to do was to upload an army. Upload. Somebody say upload. To upload and upload. Upload. You know, upload... Or download takes time, takes a process. How many know working with people? Oh, takes a process. Trying to raise up an army takes a process. Whether you're uploading or downloading, oh, it takes time. People don't become great overnight. Oh, trust me, I know it firsthand. Pastor Seven and a lot of people know it doesn't happen overnight. And here's the thing about Barak. Barak was to upload an army, mobilize an army, raise up an army from his own city. What does that mean? Meaning this, that the same way somebody believed and pulled the potential out of him is the same way God wanted to use him to see and pull the potential out of others. And if you're called to be a leader, if you're called to lead this generation, if you want to be somebody that's thriving, somebody that's excited, somebody that's being effective, the same way God pulled the potential out of you, the same way God used your leaders to work with you, believed in you, now it's your turn. I said, it's your turn. The pastor can't do everything. The leaders can't do everything. Now it's your turn. The congregation, the people, the young adults, the young people. If you went to gang convention this past week, God didn't send you to gang convention just for you. He didn't send it just for you. He sent you to gang convention because you represent people. You represent your high school. You represent your college. You represent your workplace. You represent your family. And the same way God began to work with you, believe in you, help you, now it's your turn. Somebody say it's my turn. Somebody say it's my turn to be able to work and pull the potential out of others so that we're able to raise up an army that's able to take the inner cities of the world. Come on, clap your hands and shout. If you're ready to answer the call, somebody give God a praise. Oh! But notice Barak's response. His response was like all of us. He said, I'll do it. But only if you go with me. You know what he was doing? And what this generation's greatest challenge is, is that God, I'll do it, but only if. This generation's challenges is they put conditions on God's calling. That's his greatest challenge to this generation, is that God speaks, but then you put conditions. Like, like you think like you're willing to do it, like it's eBay. Like it's offer up. 
like it's like, hey, like it's a uh, 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 Craigslist. Give me your best offer. Let's try to, let's try to, you know, will and deal here. God don't work like that, my friend. How you, how dare you try to negotiate with God? The creator of the heavens and earth, the one who created you. We can't negotiate with God. When God calls you, and even though you may not even like it at first, who, come on. Pastor and Sister Drew, they didn't want to be pastors. He wanted to be an evangelist. He didn't want to go to start a church in East L.A. with a bunch of drug addicts. He said to himself, he wanted to be an evangelist. But when the call of God comes forth, there's no negotiations. It's either yes or no. It's either yes or no. I like Deborah. Deborah's bad. Deborah's a bad girl. She's what we call in the victory outreach. She's a homegirl. Any homegirls out there? I said, is there any homegirls out there? Oh, man, she's a bad girl. You know, you know what her response when, when Beric told her that? She said, you, you want me to go fight with you? You want me to go to battle with you? You want me to go to war with you? Let's get, let's, let's bring it on. Let's do this. She said, I will go. Ooh, that's powerful. I pray that we have some gang girls, that when the gang warriors are leading, when the gang warriors are right there, that we have some gang girls. No, no, I'll just stay at home and just be in the kitchen. No, 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 no. I'm ready for the battlefield as well. I'm ready to put my, kick off my high heels and put on my combat boots. Oh, is there any gang girls or any women, any ladies that are ready for battle? Now, here's where the story gets good. All of a sudden, man, Barak got an army. Now he has the leader, the prophetess, Deborah. All of that happened. He was just one guy, one guy, one guy. Now he got all of this, an army. He has a leader. You know what basically he got? He basically he got an upgrade. I like upgrades. How many like upgrades? I like going from one phone to the next phone. I, I, to be honest, I'll just be real. Cause I, I maybe it's my, I might be having an addiction problem. I don't know what it is. You might have to pray for me, Pastor. I don't know. But I've had every single iPhone generation. From number one all the way to the success. I'm sorry. I don't know what it is. I have an addiction problem. Lay hands on me. Pray for me. I guess the reason is I like upgrades. Oh, upgrade, upgrade. Upgrade. That's why you all got TVs like this at your home. You all, I know you may be 60 years old and you were around since Noah's Ark, but you all upgrade your TV. You don't have Noah's Ark TV. You have an LED flat screen TV because you wanted a what? Upgrade. Come on, son. Are you hearing me? You don't have that little flip phone no more. Don't look at me like that like I'm the only one. All of us like to upgrade. And that's what happened to Barrick. All of a sudden, Barrick got in Upgrade. He has an army. He has a leader. Now he's ready for battle. You ever been ready for battle? You ever been in a fight? You ever been in a good fight? You know, back in my BC days, don't tell my kids this. They think I'm like holy, amen? Anyways, back in my BC days when I was in high school, you know, I wasn't saved. And, uh, you know, I was a... I was just, you know, one of those guys, just crazy, party guy, and I wasn't the only one. 
I had a good friend of mine that I used to go party with. You might have heard of him. His name's Al Valdez. He's the pastor of San Diego. <laughs> so all of a sudden, you know, we're not saved. He's not saved. I'm not saved. And we used to hang out. We used to party together and all that. And so all of a sudden, we go to this party, backyard party. Everybody remember backyard parties? If you're from my era, you remember the parties where they used to have the party crews. They had the hats and all that. Was that just a North and Southern Carolina? Okay. Was it really? Anyways. So we're at this party. It's bumping, right? People are drinking. People are, you know, smoking, dancing, you know, all that. Maybe there's like hundreds and hundreds of people there. And you're just right there. And, you know, the guy's trying to be cool. You know what I mean? Just like, you know, make you know how to come on. Don't look at me. You're all in that drama. You know how it goes. All of a sudden, there's these group of guys that somehow, I don't know what it was that we didn't get along with. I don't know why. We're in, we weren't involved in gangs or anything like that, but just for some reason, something happened. There was strife. We didn't get along. And all of a sudden, a family caught eye. And out of nowhere, you don't believe me? Ask Pastor L. All of a sudden, the party divided into half, just like this. You had this half and that half. And all of a sudden, it's like everybody just stopped dancing, stopped drinking. And all of a sudden, it's like that side became enemies to this side. But really, it was just us against these little crew of guys. And everybody just started mad-dogging. Have you ever been there before? It was like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it, w it was like Braveheart. All that right there. We were on this side. They were on that side. We are right here. Have you ever been in a fight before? Some of you guys don't even know what I'm talking about. You've never been to nothing. So you're right there, right? And all of a sudden, I'm right here next to Pastor Al. I'm right here, some of our other friends. And all of a sudden, it's like a movie. Nothing's happening. Nobody's saying nothing. Just silence. Music. You ever, ever seen those movies where the music starts going, oh, like that? You ever remember that before? That's how it was. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, you just see this object flying from this side. It was a 40-ounce bo bottle. 40 ounce. Oh, uh, the music, uh, all that stuff. And right there, and all of a sudden, and then you know in the movie where it just goes fast? That's how it was. All of a sudden, bam, it hit somebody. And out of nowhere, the whole party just collided. Booyah! People started fighting. People started nailing each other. Girls were pulling hairs. I mean, it got crazy. All of a sudden, Al had like two guys he was fighting with, and I tried to help him get two, one guy off of him, and then two guys came on me, and then all of a sudden, it just went bonk, bazonkers. It just went crazy. Went bananas. It was wild. And all of a sudden, everybody did something when they heard this sound. Everybody heard this sound, and they heard the what? Yeah, they heard the po-po. And all of a sudden, doesn't matter if you were enemies. Doesn't matter if you were like didn't like each other. Everybody ran. Everybody just started running together. <laughs> right? That's what happened. That's what happened here in the Bible. All of a sudden, we had the the uh, Israel, God's army, against the enemy's army. And the thing is, the enemy's army was bigger, stronger, and badder than God's army. The Bible says they had 900 iron chariots, equivalent to tanks. They had nothing, nothing, nothing. And all of a sudden, bam, they're about to go to war. Can I have my brother right there? Come on up, yeah. 
Can I have my little brother right there? Here, come on up here, mijo. Is that okay? Come on. You look good, cute, handsome. Come on. Stand right here. Here's God's army. Looking cute, good looking, right? But little. You see your muscles. Little muscles. Right? And then here you have the enemy's army. Big, bad, and ugly. There's no way humanly possible that this army is going to defeat that army. There's no way. There's no way, man. This guy is bigger, he's badder, and he's uglier. Oh, my God. There's no way. He's little. He don't got 900 iron chariots. He got nothing. But you know what they kept on doing? They kept on marching. And I want you to know something. Look at me. I want you to know, for some of you that kept that came back from gang convention, and the moment you came back, the enemy tried to hit you, tried to attack you, maybe tried to attack your family, tried to attack your finances. I came to tell you, you just got to keep on marching. Some of you that come to this church, Heart of the Bay, and that this church has been through some trials, been through some storms, you've been through some stuff. You know what you got to do? You got to just... Keep on marching. Some of you, you've been a Christian for a long time, but the enemy is attacking your marriage. He's been attacking your kids. He's been attacking your body. You may be physically sick in pain even right now, but I came to declare to you, you just got to keep on marching. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but there's somebody here tonight that needs to hear that you need to keep on marching. Somebody say, keep on marching. Somebody say, keep on marching. And I know the enemy, he may look bigger. He may look badder. He may look ugly. It may look like you're facing cancer. It may look like you're facing debt, bankruptcy, addiction. It may look like divorce. It may look like your kids run away. It may look like there's no way out of this. But I came to tell you, you just got to keep on marching. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Don't go backwards. Don't fall back into the sin. You got to keep on marching. Come on, somebody shout and clap your hands. Come on, praise the Lord. Somebody shout, keep on marching. 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 Don't ever let the odds intimidate you. Did you hear me? I said, don't you ever let the odds intimidate you. I said, don't you ever. Listen to me. Don't you ever let the odds intimidate you. I know they fired you, but don't let the odds intimidate you. I know that your family is havoc right now. It's going crazy. Don't let the odds intimidate you. You serve a big God, a great God, a powerful God. You serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The doctors say you might have cancer, but you serve Dr. Jesus that's able to heal any sickness. Somebody shout and give God a praise. Oh! Oh! A little higher, come on. Oh! Mendeavor did something so powerful. I like the way Pastor Rob put it. Ezekiel prophesied. That's what Deborah did. She began to prophesy. And she said something so powerful. 
that I think is so relevant for us right now. Especially those that came back to gang convention. How many came back from gang convention? Lift up your hand. Come on, keep your hand raised. This is this prophecy to, to you as well. She says something so powerful. You know, I've been using the analogies of phones, right? And all those things. But in order to activate your phone, most of us, most of us, not all of us, but most of us have a what to unlock our phone? A password. Don't we? You should. If not, then I'm going to straight jack your phone, hack your phone, and I'm going to go on Snapchat and say, I jailbroke your phone. Anyways. And the only way to unlock the full potential of that phone is you got to know the password. Some of you, in order to be used God, by God completely, is you got to give God the password to your life. And for Deborah, she did that for Barak. She said something that unlocked his potential. Because here's the thing. At the end of the day, I don't want to be known. Listen to me carefully, especially those that are young and those of you that are old now. I don't want to be known that I have potential. I don't want to be known for that. Because I know a lot of people, Stephen knows a lot of people, man, they had so much potential. I refuse for people to think that about me. And Pastor Philip, man, he had so much potential only if I refuse to be that. God, take me home if that ever comes to me. I don't want to be that person. I want to be known as somebody who just didn't have it, but who fulfilled. <laughs> who fulfilled his potential. I want to be known. Oh, I don't know about you, that man, he fulfilled his potential. I want to be known like Pastor Steve. He fulfilled his, I want to be known like Pastor Ed. He fulfilled his, I want to be known like Pastor David Martinez. He fulfilled, oh, I want to be known that man, Philip LeCruz Jr. fulfilled his potential. Is there anybody here? that says, I just don't want to know it. I want to fulfill it. So Deborah said something so powerful that totally unlocked Barak's life. She prophesied. She spoke it. She preached it. And man, boy, did it come alive. She shouted out and worshiped him. You got you to come at with, with, with me at this. She said, she said, look at, look at, look. she said, she said, she said, she said, she said, look at, look at, look at, she said, she said, now is the time for, now is the time for, now is the time for. Time to be lazy. It's not time to get pack. It's not time just to just do whatever. It's time for. It's time for. If you're going back to high school, it's time for. If you're going back to work, it's time for. If you're going to take a city, it's time for. 
It's time for action. Somebody clap your hands and shout and get God to praise. Oh, oh, yes. Keep on clapping your hands. Keep on praising them. Keep on shouting. Keep on.